Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. When do you want to start? Do we have a first Yeah, before we get started, got to talk about the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. They've been doing it since 1972. Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality products from custom die-cut gaskets to molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. And it is still snow season in Denver, in Colorado, if you can believe it. It's going to snow this week. It's going to blow. Not looking forward to that. But Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for anything that has to do with snow plows. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted to meet your exact specifications. Call them today. 1-800-259-0010 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash dnvr. Tell them who sent you. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete. It's going crazy. Uh, I am your host, Adam Mades. I'm joined by the all-star cast, as always, seated to on the bottom. Is <laughs> it's so weird that you are, I'm, I'm hyped, but it's, I'm hyped you are, why, I love that you are so pot committed to the idea of somebody being seated in relation to you that you won't even, you like, you have to say seated blank to me though. We're not seated anywhere near you. We are not. Yeah, yes, you are. Digitally, you're right. I do have a. I do have my comfort. Status, and this is how it is. It gets me going, Eric. I'm actually. I'm actually already going. I think we're all right now. Funky music coming coming in. Oh, it's baby. feeling great. See, seated to the top. Left. You didn't even know where you were, did you, Eric? You're top no, left. it's D line. This, this is the issue. Is that I don't know to like. I want to prep myself. When I know you're coming to me, and I don't even know when you're coming to me. I don't know where I am <laughs> sitting in relation you to you. You never have you're anything saying. prepped. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe I have like a a jolt That's of a, a, a jolt of energy, like a like a bow kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of jolt of energy, I see in my top right, Brendan Vogt chugging some some coffee at at uh, ten o'clock at night. Oh my god! It's actually red wine. Is this a winners' lounge? Does this kind of <laughs> this, is, this is a winners' lounge? I love it. Great. I'm the hyped. winners' lounge coming straight from the winners' lounge. I am so excited, guys. Um, first of all, we just finished up what will be our what is our first ever DNVR Watches Nuggets event. Tonight we coordinated with Nuggets Nation on Twitter and we rewatched. We all queued it up and started at eight o'clock and we started uh, game one of the 2009 Western Conference round one. Denver Nuggets hosting the New Orleans Hornets, which is going to be a little bit weird. I'm going to screw that up at least a dozen times. <laughs> um, the New Orleans Hornets. And they got the dub. They got a blowout dub. And it was so much fun uh, watching it. What I'm excited, we're going to talk about that game now. Recap it almost as if this was like a live game we just watched. But what I like about that, we have Brendan Vote Coming into this game, how much did you know about this game, Brendan? Almost nothing. I knew that the Nuggets won. I didn't know the margin. The I game or the or the series? Like, did you know they won game one? No, I assumed they won game one because I knew they won what, the series. What, what kind of spoiler is this? Now he doesn't know if they win the series. He already knows they win the series. Like, why? Oh, gosh, you're right. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, well, that part I knew. Um, no one told me, though, I 
we talk so much about Carmelo. No one told me that that's Chauncey Billups' basketball team. Oh my, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> They're coming in so hot. I love it. The, the takes are going to be coming in. Um, Harrison Wind, you're also a fellow youngin, but you're a, a Colorado native. How familiar were you with this game before tonight? This game, not so much. The game, and obviously we'll get to it from this series that sticks out, is when Denver won by like 50-plus points. That's a game that sticks out. But this game... No, I did not remember Chauncey Billups absolutely going off in game one. I didn't remember that specifically. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> that really is the story of this one. How old were you in 2009? I was a senior in high school. Oh, that's yeah. so dope. That's so dope in high school. Um, and then, Eric, how how much did you remember the details of this game? And then also tell me where you were when this game actually happened. Uh, let's see. So... <clears throat> I didn't remember anything about this game. Nothing. Zero. That's the greatest thing. Like, you watch so many games in your life that you just, like, eject old ones, even though they're awesome. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. I watched that again. I For the first absolute first time in my life, I've watched that. But I think I may have been at the game. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Eric and I have some similar, similar brains in this way. Because, yeah, again, definitely watched the game. Definitely was into it. I knew that Chauncey had a good game one. I just remember that. But watching it, I didn't remember it was like that. Like, I mean, he was the Michael Jordan of the game. Oh, my God, dude. Dumb. Actually, you know what? We're going to talk about this, but he was, I don't know what you would call him. Maybe the Steph Curry of this game. Dude. Like, he just kept draining threes. Not only did, and, it wasn't only that he was draining threes. He was just, he was also like a beast. Like, <laughs> he, he also was like, a, he's like a tank, dude. He is so impressive. I cannot believe that I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't well, think. let's get that you had forgotten the details of it. Yeah, let's for um, let's push Chauncey aside for just a second because I want to begin by setting up some context because I think it's fun when you go back in time and, and and try to remember what was happening here. This Nuggets team was really really good. I think I, I know that sounds like stupid to say right now, but I think people maybe kind of forget that. Um, just like just uh, just how good of a team this was because their record, you know, they weren't that great. But here's what happened: they didn't get training camp together. This team they started the season with Allen Iverson, and they traded Chauncey Billups like first week of the season, or traded for Chauncey the first week of the season. And because of that, they only won. Let's see, what, what did their record finish up overall? Fifty four games. They only won that many, but they won. 13 of their last 15 they dropped the last game of the season i think kind of a throwaway game but they win 13 of their last 15 games going into the playoffs this was a team that like was hot they were getting good and when you look at the talent their starters were great their bench was really good their bench features jr birdman um who else was on that linus clayza clayza who was good like they just were solid top to bottom so i, I Watching them, I guess I'll go to you first vote, but watching this team just one game now. I know you have a one-game sample size. But <laughs> I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah, but one game, how good was this team in your eyes after this? After watching them one time? So many dudes. That was the thing. Yeah. I, there were so many names and players that you remember, um, not just for their personalities, but because they're really, really good. And I thought it was interesting that depth was the key word. Um, kind of really funny to hear a coach hammering defense and the, the broadcasters talking about depth. Um, kind of reminded me of like the start of this Nuggets season, really. Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways, yeah. yeah like the depth, um, this team was like a run and gun. Harrison, what about you? Watching this team again now, ten years later, and kind of comparing them to today's NBA and today's teams and stuff. Like, just what what popped out of you about how good they well, were? They had a strong bench, and just comparing them to 
New Orleans' bench in this game, there was absolutely no comparison. I mean, the Hornets' bench was trash. Absolute trash compared yeah, to was. Denver's. Yeah. Also, what stuck out about this Nuggets team, I love how this team was constructed. You obviously have like your, your yeah. top star power in Melo and Chauncey. You've got great bigs, a good rim protection with Kmart, Birdman. You have shooters off the bench, JR and Linus Klaza. Like defenders and spots, Dante Jones. Like I just loved how this team was constructed in a, a time where I don't think there was the quality of talent in the league that there is right now. Yeah, and that's I think one of the things, one of the themes for me watching it was that the Nuggets had a lot of guys that had jobs to do. I feel like now today's NBA, you have to be more a little bit more versatile. Like you have to be able to do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But you had guys that was like, oh yeah, that's the yeah. rebounder, that's the defender, that's the shooter, that's the floor general. And like Denver had like two of all of those guys. Just there was just like so many waves of them. And I think that's a uh, that's kind of and everybody played um, their role too. That was another thing. It seemed like everybody was yeah. really good with yeah. playing their role. <laughs> the bigs, especially. Even Jr. He knew his role was just to come off the bench and try to get really hot. He <laughs> knew exactly what he was supposed to do. <laughs> sometimes it it's went crazy well, sometimes too. it didn't. It's crazy too. Yeah. Like this uh this team we just watched shares almost no traits with the current incarnation of the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Like almost there's almost it no similarities. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like this team is um they're so tough and like I know that's the thing that's the number one word for me and they are just like they are so much more fearless than mm-hmm. our current nuggets can come off sometimes like this team I mean you can tell like I, I tweeted at a certain point I think like somewhere in the third quarter that the game was the, the series was over like th- this was already the moment where the nuggets had already taken the soul of the Charlotte Hornets. And I will say it's easy to say that when you know how the series that's, ends. That's but. the point, though. You Now that you have the, the – the, you go back and you look, you can like sure, forensically sure. say, like, wow, that's where it happened. And you can go back – like, there's a lot of different ways to win a series, especially a first-round series. Like, it doesn't – it's not like only tough teams advance or whatever, but it's just that was a strength of this team. You, they weren't going to get punked. Like, nobody walked into Denver on this team and was like, you know what? These guys, we can break their will or whatever, right or wrong. Just nobody thought that. Oh. They would be like, okay, maybe we can outsmart them. We can out, you know, do this or that. But nobody was like, oh, man, if we hit them in the mouth, no. they're going to back down. We called, like, the, nope. we called them the Thuggets. Like, that's the greatest nickname. But but I think actually, so the Thuggets was really, I think, the Iverson era. And this is, it, it, like, the, there's some really coded language here now that I think is aged poorly. It gets, it gets uncomfortable. But I think one <laughs> thing so? about, like. <laughs> Thank you. You think so? <laughs> I mean, I don't think. Thug I, I don't think. Listen, like Thug was. No, like, no, no, no. I think. I think it was a term of endearment, and still is a term of endearment sure. to talk about. I don't think it's like problematic to say thuggets or whatever. But, but what I was going to say is that I think this team, and it was Chauncey, but I think this team was tough. There was the previous iteration that had Iverson, and I think that team was a little bit more like cool and flashy, and like you know, like fight tough. Like they weren't afraid in that way. But mentally, maybe not as tough. And I think Chauncey brought the like, yeah, you know, almost the business toughness Absolutely. to it. That that was the final missing piece that I don't think the other well, group had. Just a discipline. Also, this yeah, team yeah, was that- uh, just stocked full of veterans too. I mean, Chauncey, Kmart, yeah. Mello. I, I mean, just oh. the experience on this team compared to the Nuggets team right now is just not even comparable. And so we're, you're talking about a Nuggets team that in, that earns the two seed. Um, they didn't have anything to play for, I think, in that last game because they end up tying record-wise with the Trailblazers, but Blazers fall all the way to four. So the Nuggets end up with the two seed here. But here's what's important about this. 
This was the Nuggets' fifth straight year in the playoffs, and and this is where the context really, really matters. They make it that first year, 2004-2005. They get knocked out in the first round. Nobody expected anything of them. They go back. They play the Clippers. They get knocked out in the first round. That one was a little bit tough because I think that one people actually kind of started to expect something from. And then they get bad draws against the Spurs and the Lakers, and it's like, okay, and they go out in the first round. Imagine this Nuggets team. This is This is how it would be. If the Nuggets made it that year that Nurkic and Portland knocked them out, but nobody expected them to win, they was just like, can we get in the eighth seed and get swept? That happens. Then imagine last year they win game 82 and go into the playoffs. Or actually, it would be better than that. It would have been more like maybe last year where they lost to the, to the Spurs. Then follow that up with two more seasons of going out in the first round. Imagine if this Nuggets team misses the loses in the first round this year, next year, and the year after. That's, that's what was facing the Denver Nuggets at this moment. It was just like... Man, this team is good, but they're not great, and they're not—they're not even that good. So this game coming into Game One, Nuggets fans had the feeling of, you know, you believed in your team because they were so hot and they were so talented. But it's like, man, I don't know. Yeah. Every year we believe in them, they let us down big time. You know who we were? We were the uh, Atlanta Braves of the NBA, where you <laughs> just get to the like. Uh, that's for you, Brendan. Like that's. Yeah, that, I was gonna say baseball guys here. That, that like. <laughs> I mean, you get it. Like, you just always make it to the playoffs, but, like, nobody takes it seriously at all. It's, like, a complete formality that you're just there. You play your 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 four games. You just go home. It's just the end. Do you remember when when that happened for you? Because I, 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 can't, I can't remember. Like, the first year, like I said, you just expected to lose. The, I think it might have been the Clippers year. That second year where it was just like, seriously, the Clippers? Mm. That's the team you're going to lose to? So, for me, my... um. I had a disconnect with the Nuggets when I moved to Boston. And when I moved back to Denver, I didn't quite pick up on them again until this year, this that we're watching. This was the first year that I was really engaged with them. I was like okay. only sort of engaged with them during the Iverson era. Yeah. And um and so for me, like this is this is where the story begins again for me. Oh, that's you're lucky then. So you got a little you got you got the hope like at the exact right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, that's I mean? why it because, was like so compelling, like to get back on board. Yeah, because the Clippers team was not very good. That was a three-six, you know, three years prior. That was a three-six with Denver as the three, and the Clippers as the six, and they dropped one. And I think that was when it was like, gosh, yeah. what if this team just is when it's you know run and gun? They don't play defense. Like all the narratives yeah. to pile well, on. And that that, so like, oh. that thing where just really quick, Brendan. Sorry, it's like that thing where you have a um, playoff team that no one's excited about. <laughs> like yes, the exactly. the least exciting, which is death. Like you, it's you're trying to get to the playoffs, and then nobody even cares. Like, what is the point? So what what was Denver expecting 2009 before Game One? Was it any different after Game One? Uh man, I can't. I, honest, that's I know it's years, a hard. So I really, sure, I really sure. can't say for certain. But um, I, I will say this. So the reason I led in with that was because this game to me was all about Chauncey Billups basically declaring, guys, things are different. Things are different now. This isn't the same team. Like, we got it. And I don't even know how to compare this to because Carmelo was still the team's best player. Um, you know, go-to guy and, and whatever. Not necessarily in this game, but in you know at this time. So it'd almost be like if you kept Jokic but brought in, like, Chris Paul or something. I guess Chris Paul maybe is, like, a great sort of example for this. You brought in Chris Paul. In game one, Chris Paul just goes off like this and just wins like, don't worry, guys, chill. It's the first round. We're no longer a first-round team. We are... We are a contender team, and this series is going to be and nothing. And Chauncey's yeah, coming like, to Denver, coming off, what, five straight Eastern Conference Finals appearances with oh, the Pistons? Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, he's like, right. all right. He's I'll like, yeah, down. we got this. Yeah, all right. With it's it, funny first people round, think about nothing. that Pistons team. It's funny people think of that Pistons team as like a flash in the pan or something because they weren't. Oh, they were yeah. always in the finals. Yeah. They just were always. They just only won one, but they and they had a great series against the Spurs. So like they. They were a legitimate good team. I hate how they're talked about because they didn't have the marketable superstar. When people say they didn't have a superstar, not not true. They had some phenomenal players. They didn't have a marketable guy, but they had a bunch of good guys. I love Ben Nuggets, Wallace. That guy's incredible. The, the oh yeah, defensive player of the year, like one of the best de- defenders ever. Rasheed Wallace is like one of the most versatile. And by the way, ahead of his time, but players. Does ben, Wall- Chauncey, does ben Wallace have the longest arms a human being can can have without them actually? physically dragging on the ground. He's the <laughs> longest <laughs> arms I've ever seen on a human being. And huge too. Just like, so, he's so incredible. So that, I think the nuggets, this is a, maybe the Pistons are a good example. If the nuggets ever win a title and made it to five straight finals or whatever, people would be like, yeah, but they never had a star. And you'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we talking about yeah. here? Um, no, but anyway, Chauncey, that, that's what this game was, was so much about. So, um, and then, of course, this was also a year, it needs to be stated, this was also a year that the Nuggets went up against an opponent that was also an unproven team. This New Orleans team wasn't proven. So this New Orleans team was not Lakers that good. Them. <laughs> they were just not that great. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I, I mean, what, 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 they with, and with it, Chris Paul oh, they, not they, on the floor, this, this Hornets team really couldn't well, they, do anything. They, but it, it's, it, yeah, well, they just got completely sunned. They just showed up and then like they just it was just over. Like the Nuggets were like, dude, you have no chance here. No the di- chance. Yeah. It it is funny though. We talk so much about depth not mattering as much in the playoffs. But to me in that game, obviously outside of Chauncey killing, depth was a huge factor. It's where it's where the Hornets dropped off a cliff. No 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 doubt about it. Um let's go to a break. We're gonna get now into the actual game. We set the table enough. Let's go into a break and we come back. Let's talk about what Chauncey did on the court. Harrison Yeah, we're talking about the Colorado core on uh today's podcast. Who was in the core of this Denver Nuggets team, do you guys think? Who is the core of this team? Uh, the core of this team was Chauncey. In order. Do it in order. What do you mean? Like it like, like as comparable to most our core? core? Most no, no, most core to to like well, obviously, core. Chauncey Billups is the heart of the team in the heart of Denver, Colorado. So <laughs> Love that's going to be the middle. That's going to be the middle core, uh, and then everybody else is just sort of ancillary. Like, what? Who cares? Oh my gosh! <laughs> what is going on with people tonight? Am I going to have to? I didn't know I was going to have to the, the Carmelo Anthony defender tonight. Okay, the core, the core was Carmelo Chauncey. Oh. I would say Kenyon. <laughs> That was so cathartic for me. I, I can't even tell you. Felt good. Yeah, really, that one felt good. It really did. <laughs> I think. I think. I think Nene might have been. Nene next was in the, in would have been next if we're talking oh. about the core. Yeah. Nene is severely really underrated. Although, also really severely underrated. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would agree with you, but I would say that he's severely underrated. But you're thinking mostly about his best. <laughs> True. Like, he because he was also extremely frustrating as well. But uh, uh, and then I I don't know if there's anybody else that was in the core. Chris Birdman might have been the next closest. Yeah. Jr. Smith was kind of he was like a like ancillary core. He was like annex core. We're gonna talk a lot about <laughs> Jr. Here in a little bit. That's my Colorado. Yeah. Core. So check out the Colorado core. You can also get Brett Brew <laughs> delivered uh, during this, this apocalypse that big, we're this living. Call up the Breck Brew Farmhouse. They will deliver you uh, Breck Brew, whatever you want. Variety packs, Cardo Core, Vanilla Porter Juniors, whatever you guys want. So I uh, hit Oh, them you'll up. get that mile high copper lager. Ooh, with oh, the copper boy. lager, the Encore, get a 50% off lift ride after you drink one of those. <laughs> 
or the 15 can variety pack and use the code, the app, the Drizzly app. I just found out about this. The Drizzly app. It's like Uber Eats for, for alcohol. Oh, yeah. Love it. Awesome. Love oh, yeah. It. You didn't, you, you didn't have the Drizzly app? <laughs> I didn't have the Drizzly app, but now, what? I now I know about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the, you, wow, you too suck <laughs> it's awful <laughs> uh, also you right now you guys can purchase strava craft coffee online for 20 percent off using the code dnvr20 tag strava Drink when it. you guys purchase when you're drinking uh let us know that you're supporting them and uh we'll retweet post your pics as well of course strava craft coffee has cbd which is non-psychoactive it's been known to help cure long-term migraines decrease anxiety which uh could be uh coming handy right now What's that? Do you guys drink this? Do you guys drink this? Yes. Yes. Yeah, of best, course. Drink what kind of question Estrada? is that? I don't know. Like, are you a coffee person to begin with? Oh, yeah. Big time coffee yeah, person. It, I drank it for um, like the entire, because I got one bag of it. And it was like, I, honest to God, it was like making my back feel better. I felt. It's incredible. My IBS is like completely, completely changed. <laughs> Yo, I really. Mornings are fun again. I literally, uh, we have we have like a whole little ritual of like making Strava Craft coffee. Every like we, I like rearranged my life to accommodate Strava Craft coffee. I'm not even kidding. We got an electric kettle that I use every morning. I, I wake up, I make sure I fill it just so. I push the button, it, you know, it satisfyingly boils. What's a kettle? Um, kettle? Is it, am I saying that weird? I don't know. I don't know. A, tea, a tea, tea kettle? kettle? Yeah. Oh, a kettle. Okay. <laughs> an electric tea kettle. Oh, wow. Oh, that's now I know be, what you're talking it's about. It's going to be an all-timer. It's going to be an all-timer. All right, let's get to the game. Um, the Nuggets were nervous in this first game. And again, it goes back to that, like, a lot of the dudes that were on this team were dudes that had gotten either swept or gentlemen swept in the playoffs. Like you're talking about, you know, Nene, Carmelo, Kenyon. A lot of these guys had been around for the for the show, and they were all a little nervous, just a little off. Except for Chauncey, 16 points in that first quarter. And when is this? You weren't saying that's when it was over, right? Because the game was still. Chauncey kind of carried them for that first quarter, as in like a hey. Ease your nerves. I think he had four three pointers. I have the I actually have the box score pulled up. Let me see how many he had in the first quarter. I didn't have six. Chauncey like had uh, Chauncey had eight of Denver's first fifteen, four, and then four? sixteen in the first quarter. I believe four threes. He was four for four from three. Yeah, four for four from three. Five of six from the field. Oh, yeah. maybe that he was, was what I was incredible. thinking. I mean, that first quarter performance, the funny thing is, I don't even think that was his best quarter, but it was just an incredible first quarter performance that uh, that set the tone. Um, another thing that stood out to me, and it honestly made me sad, hearing a playoff crowd and a Denver playoff crowd oh, almost brought a tear to my eye. Ugh. That crowd was lit from start to finish. It's uh, And it felt like very solid. You know what I mean? Like it was like, like last year, we got kind of soft playoff crowds. That oh well, yeah. You know what I mean. Oh. That that crowd yeah. felt like solid. Like people were like really locked in. Like it was a big deal. Yeah. You know what I think it is a little bit is I think it was a it, there was a little bit more maybe just belief or whatever. That's what I mean. Yeah. I wonder because I think the Nuggets first round was really good, but that first game went so poorly. <laughs> that I, th- I mm-hmm. wonder if there was a little bit of a like, man, I don't want to go watch him lose to them. <laughs> there was just yeah. a sense of, sense of nervousness from that Pepsi Center crowd yeah. in that game one, but this crowd in this game was like, all right, we know what we're here to do. We've been here before. We, we yeah. know what we're here to do. Like, Let's go get it right now. Oh, and also just Chauncey just drilling them in the eye over and over. You're like, all right, yeah. nope, it's different. 
Can we can we you know talk about were... how quick Chauncey's trigger was from three? Because like the... I'm telling you, because it was deliberate. Yeah. It's because he knew, like, okay, I, I, it's like he could see everybody nervous. He knew how this game was going to go, and he's just like, I'm shooting. I'm shaking. Oh, absolutely. You know, and some it, of these are, like, yeah. kind of crazy. A defender goes under a screen, boom, three-pointer. He, a guy's trailing him by, like, a, a step, boom, rises up and shoots. Like, he was so confident from the jump, and I think he recognized early on that Melo might not have it. Like, Melo had a bad game. He had a really bad first yeah. quarter. His first yeah. field goal didn't come until there was, like, five minutes left in the first half. I think Chauncey was like, all right, might not be Melo's night, so I got to kind of put my foot down and put my imprint on this game early. I think that's can a you imagine, great point. Can you imagine that Chauncey on this Nuggets team? No, honestly, oh I kept God. thinking that nonstop. Nonstop. And look, there's nothing against Jamal or anything like that, but it's like we're talking about. I kind of feel like this team needs a Chauncey. That's I mean, every kind, that's team... what I mean. Like, imagine if he was in that Spurs series, right, last year. Where the Nuggets takes two, three games for the Nuggets to, to realize they belong there. They really could use some, some the calming presence of a Chauncey. I don't know that you can be the Chauncey of a team unless you're the second best player, first or second. Like, I don't, can you get away with that if you're the third best player? Can you be it? I don't. I don't know if it's ever worked. Like, it works if you're the second best. And right now, as constructed, you know, I don't know if Jamal's going to get there before too long. I mean, it's not fair to him. At this point, Chauncey is an NBA champion, been in the league sure. for forever. Right. Murray's still coming into his own. But I don't think Michael Porter is. So now who's going to be? Who's going to be the guy that could come to Denver and be that guy that's just like well, it's, the veteran, been there, nothing phases well, me? Well, it could be the guy you talked about earlier, Chris Paul. <laughs> He's probably like the closest comp to Chauncey right now in the league, wouldn't you say? I mean, look, man, Chauncey ran this game to perfection. I, he was just so in control of every single aspect, emotionally, the pace, the speed, the, the scoring. Like He just was so in control of every, the crowd. He was a you're puppeteer. Right. You're right. He yeah. was. He was. It was unbelievable. He was so impressive. I cannot, like, <laughs> and it was such a different, like I was saying before, different brand of basketball, like just. It, it's fast. Yeah. It's tough. It's like it, you know. It, it's not like calculated and and technical. It's like strong and you know like forceful and and you know it's it's less less prissy, I guess, a little bit too. You know, like it, everything doesn't have to be perfect for it to work. So um, it's cool. I don't he know, also like, knew right when this team needed to run in this game and when they needed to slow it up. Just how he controlled the game. Off of you know every make or miss that New Orleans had. Let's talk. Impressive. Let's talk about Carmelo though, because um, he kind of was bad. First of all, he was in New York for a while around the same time I think you were vote. Like, what's your, what is your just overall impression of Carmelo Anthony but before to, to watching him tonight? No, sure. I, Car- I know Carmelo as a butt end of a joke. Even when he was, oh. even when he was talented, even when he was. He had that year where there was some noise for an MVP for him, um, where he was pushing LeBron in, in the early playoffs. That was never really going to happen. But he he is regarded as the guy that gave Knicks fans false hope and, and didn't deliver. So I kind of know him really wow. as, as a guy who came up short. And he was never really super beloved, uh, you know, as far as the, the I Knicks know. Fans. He blew it, dude. He blew it. Yeah, well, kind of. No. Because here's the thing. Well, here's the thing, because I've never heard this angle from Knicks fans. Like, I always assumed Knicks were so bad that when they got him and then they weren't good, I thought everybody just blamed, like, Dolan and it, Mike D'Antoni. Oh, and yeah, but that, that 
that wick burned up quicker than you think. It didn't take okay. long for people to realize, like, all right, Mello's really not not that guy, you know? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And in this game, it's funny because he was actually really bad. And it's funny, he's a really good, tough shot maker. So when he misses a bunch of shots, you're kind of like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> he just looks like a scrub. And tonight... He had, other than maybe like four or five really nice plays, but outside of that, there was just a lot of like, like, oh, that's the shot. Okay, like six dribbles, pull up on the line. You mentioned that they looked nervous early. I thought that particularly applied to him. His first few possessions were like all over. Yo, he shot that hellacious air ball too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A really bad (laughs) air ball. Oh, man. Really short. Well short. What about J.R. Smith too? Like, Comes right into the game, shoots another hellacious air ball. Incredible. Incredible. So, JR, I think, was in the game for like 14 seconds. Three it was really quick. And he, he missed it so it badly. Cut. It was like it was like a like a comedy bit about, if you do about JR Smith's career, you'd be like, hey, he'll just come in and shoot it. It'll be an air ball. Like, that's what really, but that's what really happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I honestly laughed out loud <laughs> I know. watching by myself like four or five times. <laughs> all, all Jr. Smith stuff where I'm just like, oh my god, dude, so fun, dude, so fun. The, it's uh, also yeah. great because he gives the face. He always gives. The oh, face. so fun! He's every time I got, I got the question of who from this Nuggets team would you most want to have on this current Nuggets team, and I was Ooh, thinking, I man, maybe some bench shooting would be nice. So I was thinking. Either Jr. or Lennis Klaza. And then I was saying, well, there's no way JR, JR would ever play under Mike Malone. So, <laughs> so That's so true. So I was thinking probably oh. Klaza, but Kmart would have been nice too for just his toughness and edge. How, how would Malone have handled this rotation? Oh like, man, he would he would have shut him down really really quickly, which is funny because who? Oh, Mal- Malone would shut down JR very quickly if he came in yeah. as ice cold as he came in. He would just set like that'd be TB done for the game. And the other thing is George Carl had would put the ball in JR's hands. Or I guess JR would put the ball in his hands. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but he would play him like that would drive Malone nuts. <laughs> oh yeah. He would the never other, let George- JR dribble. The other uh, crazy thing, just to go back to Mellow for a second, this was an absolute mid range fest over like the yeah. first half and really throughout the entire game. The first play was designed to get Mello and a pull-up 17-18 footer like off the dribble. Yeah. David West was jacking for mid-range all first half. It was an absolute mid-range feast. No, you forgot the best guy, though. And it's not even mid-range because whatever. Guys can shoot and make mid-range and be efficient at it. <laughs> Mello was probably one of those guys. It was the Anthony Carter back-to-back shots standing on the three-point line. Just standing <laughs> on it. I he remember, is, he is I the absolute worst. <laughs> uh, I remember absolutely cringing at every single Kenyon Martin elbow jumper when I was watching this team uh, yeah. in this era, and I still cringe today when watching a Kmart oh, oh. elbow jumper. Birdman had a great um, oh, Birdman. free throw line jumper where where the crowd kind of like he's open and they give it to him and he and the crowd's like yeah, yeah do it dude it. clank it. 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 it was very uh, very Mason Plumley esque on that very that was. Except, now, that was. except now that's what we do when Mason's open from three I know <laughs> yeah it's, it's just true. Birdman from the free throw line do it it's so true it's Mason from the free throw line it's like don't take that one but from the three we're like come on man just watch it I know you only have one is it an, is it like a really old man take for me to say the following um that's like a more pleasing way of playing basketball right watching it like taking more mid-ranges and stuff versus just raining threes down 
it, I, this is a really. I'm actually. I'm not gonna answer. Let me hear. Let me hear what Brendan has to say because I, I. I have a take on this. I thought it looked pretty clunky tonight, and I, and I was thinking <laughs> I was glad that Billups shot um as many threes as he did. I don't need Rockets level threes, but I. I I don't know. I thought there was a lot of action inside the arc, and it just looked clunky and crowded. I think the reason why some people still like this style of basketball is because it's simpler. It's just simpler than a lot of aspects of the game today, and that kind of just hits home for some people, I feel like. Don't you think it's more just that it's more physical? Like, there's just a more physical element to it that uh, requires that you're not just skilled? <laughs> Like there you're was also more tough physicality. in addition to there, your there, skill. Like, they you know, let like you the, play more, if that's what you're saying. No, it's, it, it, now. it's not It's not to say that players today are not tough. It's just the game that, as it's they, constructed, they were, doesn't, doesn't I, require yeah, that part of their game. Here's, they weren't here's as what skilled I, back then. They had to just, like, use their strength and use their toughness more because they weren't well, as skilled. Well, if we think about it, like, Dante Jones... Hmm not going to make a bunch of shots. He made one big one in this one. And it was kind of, and I think Marv Albert had something like, now that's just found money. If he makes it <laughs> yeah, wide yeah, open. Yeah. <laughs> just like a wide Don, open. Dante Jones, the, the absolutely the Tory Craig of this team. So <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But, but so but, what but, I'm hearing is that is an old man take. Okay. No, no, well, no, no, because I actually, I say, cause I think I split the difference a little bit. I think this has a lot to do with what you grew up on because it sets the expectation. Um, but here's what I think people really like. Fall away jumpers are gorgeous when they go in. Post up moves are gorgeous when they go in. Like that's that's gorgeous basketball. You think about the iconic Kobe's and MJ's and it's turnaround fall away. And those have been a little bit eradicated from the game, right? Like, those aren't nearly as common as they used to be. And when you watch these games, you're throwing it into the post almost every time. Somebody's doing a, some kind of post move. Melo's doing a spin drill. Like I think that's what you're thinking because when they work, it's pretty. It's just that a lot of times they don't work. And, and I think you probably key in more to the beauty parts of it when it goes in. And I'm guessing Harrison and Brendan key in more to the like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad shot. And when it doesn't go, it's really, no, bad. it's so it's, it's like, that's the definition of an old man take. It's just like, I formed this take when I was young and now I am old. <laughs> so that, if guys could somehow like get better at posting up again and just had like this beautiful footwork. I just think I, it looks and, cool. And we're efficient. It would be, I think I thought, but cool. weren't we all just praising how tough they were? I mean, I don't know that you, you rarely, you, that rarely comes up in, you're describing a, a team today. Kenyon did the uh, definitely gives every foul he gives has twenty percent extra on it. Every single absolutely. One. Like a guy would get by him and he would just like <laughs> rake him Yo, across the body. Can you believe that? And then kind of look at him as in like, if you're, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna look at yeah, me? You know, get can you believe that of all people, he was called a fake tough guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> he seemed pretty tough. He to did me. to me too. He <laughs> seems like pretty legitimately tough. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Kmart. His, his game is just so interesting because he was a max contract player. He was the Paul Millsap of back then. Like he was just paid so much. And there was a bunch of Mark Kislas that were going like, you're not worth a max contract. But <laughs> it, it was another one of those things where it was like Denver needed a guy and they had to overpay to get him. But then on top of that, man, he was the rare case of a guy that got paid a max, but said, no, I'm still a role player. Like mm. I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to like ask for the ball a million times. I'm just going to guard. And rebound and stay out of the way for Melo and Chauncey. And like, man, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. And that goes back <laughs> to my point about everybody knowing their role. And just Kmart's edge that he played with, his toughness, kind of made this team a little bit of who they were, right? Like, they are not the team they were without Kmart. He might not have done it with the points, but 
just kind of his, he was just all heart and soul. A oh, little bit. I love him. He's, like he's a, Draymond. A great defender too, an absolute beast on defense. He stonewalled David West in the post like two times in a, in a row. He was an absolute beast on the block. Yeah, he's Draymond. He is Draymond. Yeah, they need, well, I think everyone, a lot, <laughs> I, I don't know about yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of people tweeted this, like, couldn't the Nuggets use a guy like that right now? Just a physical guy, just a you won't punk us guy. Like, Trey Young puts it between my legs, I will clothesline you kind of guy. And I think the Nuggets could use a Kmart. That was definitely a Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean that they play the same. I just mean, like, that's the type of player sure. he is, right? He's just, like, a I'm strong thinking, defender. Yeah. Like, he's just a dick. Like, he, he sets attitude. You don't rely on him for points, but he's just, like... like he and would it's not, not like be Tory afraid Craig. to call out Mello in a locker room. No. You know? Oh, my God, dude. He would be... I mean, he wouldn't call... He would call out somebody in the first row of the... Of the stance, <laughs> like he's you know he's not messing around that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Nuggets broke this open in the third quarter, and again it was Chauncey. It was largely Chauncey because Chauncey carried him in the first quarter, but the Nuggets didn't actually pull away. They got a little bit of a lead at half. I think they're up like seven points. In the third quarter is when they just broke this open, and it was like, oh yeah. And once they did, that's when all the fun really began. Some crazy dunks. JR pulling up some crazy three. Like when you have, it's so great to have a JR because when you're up 15, those crazy threes that are like, this is so dumb. But, but if it goes, the crowd's going to go nuts. And he had them. It was like, oh yeah, those are just an extra little knockout. It's like when you're in a, like a, in boxing, when you, when you get the extra hit when they're on the way down. And it's like, yeah, now you're, <laughs> you're knocked out for good. That's what, that's what JR was. I uh, watching Jr. was as advertised. Everything everyone told me <laughs> about Denver Jr. I laughed so much. What about Birdman? Birdman was my first favorite Nugget. I, yes. I remember, like before, I even really appreciated basketball and knew what I was watching. I remember wanting to watch the tattoo guy block a lot of shots. And, uh, <laughs> it's awesome, man. I miss there. There was a time when every basketball team had one guy who cared more about blocking shots than anything else. No, it was definitely perfect. Than even he really jumps. playing basketball. <laughs> it was awesome. I think he had three blocks immediately, like in three minutes. And then, yeah. but he, then he just kept jumping, like every little shot fake, he just would pull them all the way off of his feet. He jumped pretty. He incredible. jumped like four seconds early on the first shot fake in his first second in the game. It was awesome. Let's take, Win. take us to one last break. And then when we come back, I have some categoried questions to talk about for this game that maybe will help us uh, kind of put a punctuation on the uh, conversation. Yeah, right now at Mile High Green Cross, you can get $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil bulk deals. You can get five cartridges for 100 bucks. And if you sign up for their loyalty program at Mile High Green Cross, you get 20% off your entire purchase once per month. Uh, they're conveniently located right downtown 9th and Broadway. It's a deal so good they tell you only once per month. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> only get them once per month. So That's how good the deal is. $99 ounces, 20% off. So you're talking about an $80 ounce. Um, that If you smoke more than that in one month, that's an insane amount. <laughs> we call that the, the quarantine special. The yeah. Quarantine <laughs> special. We should hit them up to see if they Smith have any can't quarantine even hit that deals. Deal up. <laughs> yeah, but again, uh, sign up for their loyalty program and receive 20% off your entire purchase once per month. That offer extends to current members. All right, guys. let's. I got some categories here. Is there a best moment of this game? Hmm. I, for mm. me, I'll give mine up right off the top. I think it was the J.R. Smith three in the third quarter. <laughs> Again, that heat check one. Because it was just... I, 
some players are more exciting when they hit a shot. And I think everybody knows who and what Jr. was. So when he did it, it was like, that's it. Start the party. Start the music. Yeah, uh, that's true. I'm, I'm trying to think that, I mean, there were a couple of, there were, Chauncey Billups had a couple moments that, for me, that, that all felt yeah. the same level Ch- of unbelievable and so high. But maybe that's why they cancel each other out. No. I would agree with you. They were certainly more the twi- impactful. Oh, I know, but that's what but I But mean. it wasn't a singular moment. You couldn't say like, oh, his fifth I, I actually or his did- sixth. I actually think his eight three for me was the moment. No, I'm serious. I'm actually yeah. serious. It might have been one of the end ones because yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Over, and it was just well, like it, yeah, it, it was to cap a twenty one to zero run. dude, it was outrageous because there was like that that meter of like okay, I knew Chauncey played well in this game, but not this well, but not this well, but not this well. And right, it just yeah, kept, it just kept going. going. Up. Yeah, that's definitely true. It wasn't. I uh, thought he was it, done. It wasn't. It wasn't Sean Marks's seven minute stint. <laughs> Dude, you, you, he post actually he posterized Kenyon Martin in this one somehow. You know what? How ridiculous yeah. is that? You know what's crazy? This game didn't have like any real downtime. You know, like you watch the Nuggets sometimes, and like they just hit a stretch where it's like, oh, power, well, power's off. It's like, you know, yeah, but you, you know why that is? Because we didn't have any commercials. Yeah, for like any exactly halftime. Right. But I, the, I know, but I uh, watched it on YouTube. No, 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 but just, but the quickly. but the energy of the team never dipped. That the energy, yeah, but, of, the energy of oh. the team oftentimes dips quite a bit throughout the pit. Not in a playoff. Like they, not, I think not in a playoff. Well, the energy of the Nuggets dips a lot when the bench goes. That, in, that's what I mean. As for this season, uh, but the Nuggets. This is what I'm talking. Yeah, this, this is game. that's what I mean. There's no let up. Like the starters came in, they were kicking ass. The bench came in, they were kicking ass. Like at certain points, you didn't even realize what lineup was in because like yeah. everyone yeah, was just true. killing. Well, it's good. Birdman is like a super energy guy. I mean, he's up there with Kenneth Fareed as like oh, a guy incredible. that off the bench that comes in that you're just like. And it's funny because Plumlee is sometimes that guy. Like there are times when Plumlee checks in and it's like he could tell the team needs energy and he does some stuff and you're like, oh, Plumlee. Yo, but it wasn't like Birdman yo, level. Birdman, it wasn't J.R. Smith level. Birdman was a cult leader. Like Birdman, he was like a cult figure. Like we were. I think that's actually what he is is at this very moment. To this day, yeah, yeah that's what he's doing. It's just a much. No, Birdman. was Birdman was the Wancho of this team, guys. He was, oh, he, he was, was so much more. Dude. No, no, he was no. The guy who <laughs> so much more. No, he was the guy who the second he walks to the scorers table, everybody's like, oh man. Wancho's coming. Oh, in. but it was so much in. more. And he can just kind of change the game. Which Dude, is the whole cool. city was ready. Birdman mohawks, like yeah, they were wearing Birdman yeah, mohawks. Yeah, yeah. Consider that. You know what? This Nuggets team is missing that guy because the Nuggets love this guy, like Bill Hanslick. Then you had uh, Ryan Bowen. You had Naharov. <laughs> like, I'm seriously like, this guy that's not good. Yeah, but he's really good at one thing, and he comes in and brings energy. And, like those 12 minutes are going to be chaos and gr- in a good way. And you you remember Birdman would walk to the table and do the like arm thing. You guys, I don't know if you could see me, but like, oh yeah, yeah. like oh, it was yeah. like uh, almost. The Denver's version of the the LeBron James powder toss, where it was just like, oh, here he's coming, he's checking. Oh in, he's God, ready. Like, here it comes. Don't you? Want, I mean, the best thing we have going for us now is uh, MPJ coming up, but it's like a nervous energy when he comes up. Oh God, it's so true. Mike, see, this is the stuff Michael Malone doesn't get. He doesn't understand the importance of like the vibe. The, yeah, the, you know the, what I mean? Like, I know the theater. Like, no, you know what? He needs to learn to rotate to the corners before I. No, like the, everybody needs this. Like we need this because we're going to be talking about it. It is so silly. That, that's like the weirdest thing. The weirdest disconnect i think in uh between the way people look at sports is whether or not they think emotion is an appropriate part of it yeah oh yeah totally and it's if you don't if like in the michael malone school of thought like it's not important it's just like mechanical and like you you, you just do this you get this you're this many minutes bah, bah, bah. but like you know george carl is much more emotional in the way that he coaches a game 
Yeah, I think you're right about that. In ways both good and bad. But you're right. Like It's so funny to think of George Carl coaching this specific team. Because George Carl, we know, a phenomenal coach, one of the winningest coaches, very confident, like self-confident guy. Coaching a bunch of guys who don't want to listen to anybody. Like It's just such a clash of so many personalities. And it kind of works in this way that's so entertaining. Like More than anything else, it's like throw a bunch of lions into the lion's dead. It's, and... it's so funny that they gave George Carl J.R. Smith the basketball gods. It's oh, just on top, incredible. I mean, they gave him, they gave him Carmelo, Carmelo Iverson, Kenny I, Martin, yeah, and yeah, J.R. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, was like come on, <laughs> Birdman. <laughs> they almost killed each other once. But it, yeah, <laughs> but that's the most amazing thing about George Carl, and that's what I mean. Like, he realizes the yeah. emotional part is also important, so he allows J.R. Smith to go up and just, like, trip over his own feet for three quarters because he knows that they're going to get that emotional boost at the end from him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, another one. Was there a role player of the game? Uh, it was, might've been Linus Klaza who was an absolute beast in this game. And he was a beast was kind of probably, in the garbage of this game though. I think, I don't know, man. He, I, I thought he played his role. Perfect. I, I had, perfectly. I had Birdman all the way for this one. Yeah. Birdman big time. He, yeah. I Birdman think it was, was Bird, great. I think it was Birdman too. That was my pick. Um, Clayza was good. Like in that fourth one, it was uh, completely over. Um, MVP of the game is obviously Chauncey. I mean, there's no, we can't, we don't even need to have a conversation about it. Was there an LVP of the game? Uh, LVP? from either team. This could be like, yeah, least valuable player could be for me, either team. Who would be the LVP? I mean, all, all of the Hornets after uh, <laughs> David David West was shook by Kenny Martin in this game. Absolutely Dang. shook. David West went four sixteen from the field. Kmart was in his head from the opening tip. What What about the way that Reggie Miller described the game, where he was saying it was a uh, behind the woodshed beating? <laughs> what, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was a weird one. And he was like. Was he was like. He was one. like. They just punked them so hard. Like, he just called them out to their yeah. absolute core on national TV and, like, kept going. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was weird hearing Marv and Reggie, and Marv still with a little bit of his fastball at least. Oh, totally. Like Marv, it's, it's kind of tough hearing Marv now, but because he sounds the exact same. Yeah. It's just he, right. he misses it. <laughs> with a three pointer. Like, no, oh, now they're saying he had a foot on. Like, nope, nope, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie's the exact same, sadly. I, I, I think um, Hilton Armstrong, I thought was was bad in this game. I think everybody besides Chris Paul, like it really did feel like Chris dude, Paul. Was, he and, was and, so good, though. Like, he I was. How shifty that dude oh. was, man. You know what's funny is he was so good, but I feel like Chauncey just killed him. You know, like yeah. like just out outclassed him. But you're right that he was also really good. I, mean, I, I guess we, he was so quick, man. Chris Paul was so freaking quick and he in this and not game. only quick, he darty. Like he would just go that, like yeah, a, see, he was like a, yes, a exactly. he's like a water bug. Like he just finds little the, open areas and like just <laughs> waits for you know and like waits for a, an opening, a soft spot in the defense, and then just like quickly attacks. It. That little uh, Steve Nash curl, right? They go baseline. They don't really look to yeah. score. Yeah, the Nash. Yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they kept calling it the Nash, too, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, no Euro steps in this game. Nope. <laughs> uh, a crazy. No DHOs in this Not game. Not a one. Either. No DHOs. <laughs> Another sort of shocking thing about it there was a Twitter ad. There was an ad for Twitter. 
That yeah. Was, it's just and, so crazy. And they were still, do you guys remember when it was still like ironic? Because these guys had to talk about Twitter, but yes. no one liked it yet. You're tweeting, aren't you? You're right? tweeting, yeah, right? Man, I'm, uh-huh. tweeting, I'm tweeting. I'm on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile there, there's like there's like this earnest Blackberry segment that they're ripping through. <laughs> so, yeah. So good. Do you think that in like 10 years, we're going to look back at the all-star game and be like, TikTok. Oh my God. They're about, but they <laughs> oh, don't know what it man. is. Oh, I hope so. I, I, hope, I hope TikTok's dead in 10 years. Oh, uh, listen to us, man. I'm telling you us, the way we responded to this makes me think TikTok is absolutely going to be like Twitter. And we're going to sound like a bunch of like hundred percent. Oh, so bad. Um, what ifs I'm going to go with this. What if, what if Chauncey had a bad game? Because the Nuggets win this one by 30. What if Chauncey had an off night? How does the game go? I still think they could have yeah. won. And I still think they could have won the series, really, if Chauncey didn't have like an unbelievable series. Because New Orleans was not that great. They just weren't. <laughs> they just weren't that great outside of no. Chris Paul. Denver was such a better team top to bottom. No, uh, I was trying to – who was the other player of theirs that was like doing a little bit uh, – he has like a super weird name. Uh, Pedro? No, not, not nice Stoyakovich. Night. It's uh, what is his name? Well, you have Razul Razul Butler. Razul Butler, dude, that's the weirdest name. <laughs> Razul. <laughs> well, he had eight points. I don't know that he was Razul Butler was like the most two thousand nine player ever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just had loud. He had a loud eight. <laughs> a loud eight points. <laughs> He played big minutes because he was like their defensive stopper on yeah, Chauncey, or yeah, tried yeah. to be. He's just—I just heard his name a lot, and every time I was like, huh, "That's a really weird name," like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got for this game. Those are, those are all the categories. Is there anything else that we need? Oh, any other I, angles? Well, can I talk about something? Yeah. Uh, did you guys know that we did a thing tonight called DNVR watches? Along with this yes. game, yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you have familiar, a Did yeah. you have a good time doing that tonight? I thought that was oh, man, unbelievably really fun. George Carl was tweeting alongside us. That was so fun, you guys. Mm-hmm. How fun was that, that? Was George Carl? Like big shout. Did, I mean, I don't know. When we were talking about doing this, I, I was like, "Yeah, that'd be pretty cool." But it's like really, it's like watching a game. That felt like watching a yeah. Nuggets game all of a sudden, and it was like getting back together with an old girlfriend, but like. When, you, but like going back to the good times with them, like getting oh, okay. getting to relive good times with an old girlfriend, unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you advise? Is that what you advise right now to all of our listeners out there? Everyone, call up your two no, 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 because that's what like current mellow is. Like nobody wants that. You, I'm saying like you get to go back and relive the good times again with your ex with your ex girlfriend. It's unbelievable. Did you, did, did, did you guys see <laughs> that, that? Did you guys see that DM that got shared where that guy was like, "Crazy, they canceled the NBA." Makes me realize I need to. I can't. I kind of screwing it up. I, think I need to be a better boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did screw that up. I've got. I've got one more thing on this game though. Though. Um, the uniforms. Yeah. What Ooh, do we think about up. the powder blue uniforms? Because I absolutely love them. I absolutely love them, and yes, after a 10-year run, they needed a rebrand. Most teams do after a rebrand. There's only a couple certain teams like the Lakers, the Celtics, the Bulls, the Knicks, the iconic uniforms that can stay for 20, 30 years. But at this current time, for you know whatever it was, 03 through 2009, 10, th- then in like the 
2011, 12, 13, they probably should have gotten rid of them. But at this time, these uniforms were absolutely. Can I fire. tell you why? What? What? Why you just said is wrong? <laughs> because if you if there's a, a point when they're supposed to end, then they were never right. <laughs> but then there's only been like four uniforms ever in the NBA. That That's have why you have to design it in such a way that it will it transcends time. Like it always makes sense because it's, it's, it's just it, you just it, use classic. I would proportion. disagree. I would say it's impossible to design a uniform that no. Look at the Celtics. Time, unless you're an iconic <laughs> franchise. But but that, but that is because they're you can iconic. transcend space. If the Celtics were trash. Time. If the Celtics no. were trash, they would have twenty different uniforms. No, it's because by now. it's they just use classic design. They don't go out of their element. No, I I totally disagree. This with is the like take. <laughs> if the Celtics had been trash, if they had not won twelve championships from nineteen. 60 to 1990 they would have 10 but this different is one uniforms. of these arguments where somebody is telling someone from the cdc about that the coronavirus is a flu like, like <laughs> no, get, get, get out of here eric loves not loves the i'm an artist no he plays no. it anytime you disagree because this is this is the only reason i'm on earth do you understand? <laughs> this is all I and, and it's I'm I'm very good at it and I'm not good at anything else. And like so this is the one thing that's like I don't I don't believe anybody else's opinion on, you know? <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree with Eric with Eric's overarching point, but the one thing I will say that is nice about this powder blue is to me it is frozen in time. And I know if that's a that's a bug, not a feature to you, but to me, like going back the 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 look of this game with the powder blue court and the powder blue fans, powder blue jerseys, to me, it, it like immediately takes me back to the time. Yeah. And so for me, I kind of like well, that. See, and I know you think this is that you is don't pu- like that as an overarching that idea. That is nostalgia. I mean, that what you just described is nostalgia where you – it's just the, the team was so dope. That, I mean, like what is not to like about what you were just shown? Like every part of that looks so good. Like the, if, if the team sucked, then they looked like those white – uniforms you still see them all the time they never catch your eye when you're walking by them in the stadium like they just melt in like but that doesn't mean they weren't good back then that's the point though like there isn't a thread though to your point and i even feel like there's not a thread in nuggets fanhood like there's a lot of people that love this mellows team that once it was over was over i mean our own drew creaseman has a little bit of this to me talk about him he's like yeah i just stopped liking the nuggets and whatever and it's it does feel a little bit like this era is just a completely different team and experience and fan base and everything if yeah it feel you could tell me that this was this was the uh new jersey Nuggets, and i'd be like yeah yeah like just some different team like no connection to the current team that we're watching it's almost like the new orleans hornets and the new orleans pelicans like i don't know how much of an overlap there is on those two fan bases but um, so I, 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 there's something weird about it, but it was nice to Harrison's point. I hate the powder blues. I don't like them, but it was nice seeing it today and being like, ah, that's right. No, I, I get it. I get, I'm just saying like, it's nostalgia. If it, like, I love them in 09. Absolutely. Because you, because you love the team. You know, it's like what you were just saying. No, I love the, the but it's like what you were telling me about the Celtics. Like, that you guys are ruining my night. I, I, I gotta go to bed. I, I. <laughs> All right, let's move This was so much fun, guys. Be following us on Twitter. We're, we're having a lot of fun right now. As much fun as we can have while quarantined inside of our own respective houses. Unbelievable. And the fun's only started. Like, we started up a gaming channel today over at DNVR. I don't know what that means. Thanks, thanks, Adam. I'll take it from here. Yeah, so follow at DNVR underscore gaming. We'll tweet out all of our Twitch streams. We're going to have some launch some DNVR tournaments, DNVR leagues, and just general interactive content asking you what games you play, what games you love, and 
yet we'll find a way to fill the interim with something fun and exciting. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got I got what Brendan's um, forward is his version of forward. Uh-uh. It's tournaments. 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 <laughs> tournaments. <laughs> tournaments. This is a stretch. A tournament. Do you want to know? What, say it. I want to hear it. <laughs> do you want to know what yours I is? I realize my forward is a New York accent type thing. Forward. It's a Philly thing. I feel like. Adam, do you, do you want to know what yours is? Yes. You say in a vacuum. You, or what? No, no, no. You you emphasize ing very hard. So you'll say. Uh, oh, you do. He's you a, do he, he's a good singer. Or <laughs> you do you have linger. a linger like you that a linger that's no 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 yeah, no but it, it, but you always say lingering. you always say singer lingering or king I don't know whatever like I can't wait ing. to start hearing this from myself yeah 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 I hope that it ruins uh, listening to you for you <laughs> like it like it has for the rest of us obviously <laughs> so follow DNVR gaming follow us where we do these DNVR watches tomorrow night I'll be podcasting on Love Is Blind. That's right. We are watching Love is Blind together, and I'm going to be with my main man, Andre Simone, tomorrow. I can't wait. This is the weirdest pairing ever for a, a show about a dating show. I cannot wait for it. Um, so tune into all the cool stuff we're doing. Then again, on Friday, we're going to hopefully be watching Game 2 so long as it has not been flagged and taken down, which I really hope. It's not our, it's not our video. It's been up for years. So hopefully we get to watch Game 2 and continue this series. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow night. Guys, before we get out of here, right now you can purchase Strava Craft Coffee online for 20% off using code DNVR20. You can try it at Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is non-psychoactive. It's been known to help term long, help long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, arthritis, IBS. And remember, purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places.